Good evening. Hope you're doing well. So, yeah, the plan for tonight is I will give you just an update and really just, yeah, just God's faithfulness, um, just in him directing my steps as I am about to move on uh, to Missouri. So going to missionary, a missionary training center called Ethnos Training. And so I'm going to share, yeah, just an update and really just kind of the whys, the hows, the whens, you know, why am I going here? Um, and just, yeah, my next steps. And then also just, yeah, a chance for us to just meditate on God's word together. And uh, so, yeah, I'll just be sharing a brief devotional. Um, but, yeah, I'll try to keep it shorter uh, because I know we have a members meeting. Uh, but before I give you uh, just my update, let's just pray, and then I'll, I'll give you the update. God, thank you for tonight. And, uh, Lord, I just thank you for this body of believers, Lord, that, um, yeah, Lord, you've just privileged me to be a part of this last year and just in the future. God, I just thank you for your son. And, Lord, for sending him to this earth to, to die a death that we deserve to die and to live the life we, we couldn't live, perfect life. Um, he was tempted, and yet he did not sin. And God, it's just amazing that um, what we truly need is what we already have in Christ. And uh, what a privilege it is just walking with you to really just glory in what we, what we have in you. And just as we read your word, um, just find out what's, what's true about us um, because we're in Christ. And so, God, just give me the words to say tonight, and I pray that you would receive all the glory, all the honor. Um, do, do your name. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm just going to share. Um, sorry. Jonathan, you want to hit the next slide? Sweet. So just briefly, um, since it's been a while since I've been up front, um, yeah, this summer was just a sweet time. My parents... Um, they're missionaries in Papua New Guinea, and they came back June 1st to pick them up from the airport in Chicago. And yeah, we just traveled to so many different places, visiting family, friends, uh, supporters. And uh, yeah, we just had a sweet time. They, they just made it back to Papua New Guinea. Thank you for those who were, who were praying. Um, but yeah, man, my mom and dad, they, they introduced me to Christ, and they continually challenged me and yeah, disciple me, really. Um, and I, I can just keep talking about them, but really I praise God for, for them. And, uh, yeah, they're back in Papua New Guinea. So, um, yeah, this just isn't working, Jonathan. Next one. Also, yeah, I just want to say thank you again and just extend my gratitude. Um, yeah, man, this has just been an awesome year. And I, I feel like I've just learned so much, grown so much, uh, realized how much, I have yet to learn. I think we're all there. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for allowing me to be here as the intern this last year. Um, you know, growing up as a missionary kid, our ministry as a family was always um, an outset of the local church, you know, a part of the local church. But um, as missionaries, we were sent out. And so growing up, I didn't know my sending church very well. Um, and so being here this last year, like, this is the most connected I've been to, to a church, you know. And so it's not, it's not exciting for me to leave. It really isn't. I don't feel excited, you know, to leave you guys. I feel excited to, to follow God's will in my life. Um, but I do feel sad. I feel a lot of different emotions, um, excitement and sadness. But thank you for allowing me to be here. And just so I don't forget it, 
Um, so I'll be going to Ethnos training for two years. And I have a Christmas break off during my training and then also the summer's off. And so I'll be coming back here to Lapeer during uh, the month of like Christmas and then also for the majority of the summer um, just to stay connected and, uh, yeah, just worship with you guys, serve with you guys, and also just, yeah, just stay connected on what God's doing in your life, how, can I, how I can pray for you. And uh, going forward to Ethnos training, next slide, um, if you would like to receive updates as I just undergo training, um, shoot me your email on Facebook Messenger or even after tonight, um, we can just talk and I'd love to stay connected with you. So, without further ado, I'll be going to Ethnos 360 Training Center, which is in Roach, Missouri. I know, it's not the best name. <laughs> Roach, Missouri. That's a picture of the campus. It's right on the Lake of the Ozarks. And so it's like an hour, 45 minutes north of um, uh, Silver Dollar City, Branson, Missouri. And then I'm still figuring out Missouri. Um, and then it's, I think it's three hours southwest of St. Louis. So it's kind of mid-Missouri. But I'll be leaving August 8th. So it's coming up, about eight days now. And uh, I just want to give you really the, the whys I'm going. Like, why, why am I going to this, to this place? And so to do that, next slide. Um, okay, this is what I'm studying. But then I'm just going to go through each of these ones. Uh, or these topics that I'll be studying and, and why I'm doing this. So next slide. So I'll be studying worldview. And again, just a little bit more background. I went to um, the Ethnos 360 Bible Institute where, um, yeah, I just received foundational Bible teaching from uh, Genesis to Revelation. And it was just awesome. Just going through the whole word, uh, word seeing how it's one big story. And now this is missionary training. So it's more centered on tribal church planning. And so as many of you know, um, I went to Papua New Guinea this last Christmas and I was able to visit an unreached people group. And this is the Kuyu tribe. So the Kuyu people group. And just to bring it down to more of a personal level, you know, just to realize that these are real people with real souls. Um, this guy, his name is Thomas. This is Roger. That's Gabriel. I took these pictures. I was able to, yeah, just kind of live in their world for a week. And uh, Thomas, Roger, and Gabriel don't have one word of the Bible in their language. Um, they don't know who the true Christ is. And they will never hear what Christ has done for them on the cross unless someone goes and learns their language, learns their worldview and their culture and their beliefs, and then translates the Bible and shares from creation to Christ with them. And you know, just as, you know, this is the Great Commission, to, to share the gospel with every people group, tongue, and language. And so as I go to Ethnos training, one of the things I'll be studying is a worldview. And, uh, you know, it was humbling being in the tribe this last Christmas because there are so many things I haven't been prepared for yet to where if I were to be in that tribe right now and, like, trying to learn their worldview and learn their language, I'm so, like, ill-equipped at this moment. So I'll be studying worldview, um, really like what the worldview is, and then also linguistics, how to learn a language. I saw just the missionaries in QU um, just trying to learn their language word by word and trying to figure out the nouns and verbs. And so how to go about doing this um, so then later on I can share Christ with them. Next one, culture. Language and culture go hand in hand. 
So I'll be learning their culture. I think that the guy on the left there, his name's Reuben or Thaddeus. Um, but yeah, he was just showing us one of his, uh, um, go ahead. Okay, thank you. <laughs> he was just showing us one of his like ancestral artifacts. And again, that's part of his worldview and beliefs, but he, this is very important to him. And he's just sharing us this. And, and for me as an outsider, as a missionary, I need to understand what's going on in his head. And, and even just simple things like learning how to build their houses and then their cultural greetings, all these things I'll need to be prepared for to learn. Next one, phonetics. And I don't want to bore you with that word, but basically it's all the sounds that come out of your mouth. Um, so like different languages, they use clicking sounds or a lot of them use a lot of, of your throat. And it's just kind of slurred and all these different sounds that, that these different languages make. Um, I'll, have, I'll be studying that because a lot of these people groups, their languages are so diverse and complex that I'll need to train my mouth to, to speak like that. Next one. And then really, like those were some of the specifics, but this is really the most important thing I'll be studying is just more Bible study. Um, I'll be going, yeah, really just um, studying how to teach from creation to Christ um, in an animistic context, so a tribal context. And uh, so, yeah, just looking at the Bible, how it's one story and how it just fits like a puzzle with all these different themes and parts, Um, you know, going from Adam and Eve to Abel to to Noah and then the sacrificial system all the way up through Christ and uh, just focusing on on how to share that. And this is a picture of I think it's one guy just sharing his testimony. And you see all the pictures in the back of how they were learning from the Bible from creation to Christ. And then also, missionary practical skills. So, yeah, in Roach, Missouri, um, I'll be living in the, in the woods for about two weeks, I think it is. And, uh, yeah, just, I'll be living, I'll, like, make my own, like, fortress. I think they already have some stability there. And then living there. And uh, cutting wood and just different things that I'll need to know for living in a remote tribe. So this is where I'm going. And... Uh, I'm going here because I want to pursue tribal church planning. And, uh, you know, this isn't something that, that I can do on my own, in my own strength. This is something that, you know, just focusing on the truth that God is reconciling the world, the lost. And we have the privilege of, of sharing the message of reconciliation. And um, so, yeah, this is where, where I'm going, August 8th. Um, please, if you have any questions, catch me afterwards. I'd love to share. Um, but I will be giving out updates as I, as I go further on. So, Thomas, Roger, Gabriel, as I shared before, what do they need? And really the question is, who do they need? They need Christ. And, man, Thomas, Roger, and Gabriel, they will not know what Christ has done on the cross, you know, and that he's risen from the grave unless someone goes and tells them. And... There are so many people groups in the world who are still considered unreached. And, you know, Romans 10 tells us, how will they hear unless someone goes? And how will they go unless they're sent? And, uh, man, if I can be a part of what God's doing in the world, I'd just be, that'd be awesome. And so those are just my next steps, you know, going to ethnos training. And, and again, I'll be coming back Christmas time and summer times in the, in the two years to come because it's a two-year program. So moving on to just the devotional aspect what do we need? And again, this is kind of a Sunday school answer, but again, very important. We need Christ. 
And there was something that Pastor Ross said um, last Sunday, not this Sunday, but last, that, re- that I've just been really thinking about and just meditating on this last week. And uh, yeah, as they just, as they asked me to share the devotional, I was like, man, I, I want to dig into this a little bit more. So what an awesome truth this is. For believers, what we really need is what we already have in Christ. So if you remember, last Sunday, Pastor Ross was sharing, and this is in the upper room discourse. Christ is talking to his disciples, and Philip, one of his disciples, um, he's, he's talking to Jesus, and he's like, Jesus, if you'd only show us the Father, then it'd be enough for us. And Jesus is like, have I been with you this long and you still don't know me? And what, G- what Philip was looking for, what are you seeking out, was what he already had. You know, and just all these Trinitarian truths that, yes, fa- the Father is, um, you know, not the same person, but he is fully God. And, and what he was seeking is what he had right in front of him. So I have two questions, two things I just want to reflect on with you guys. What do we have in Christ? And as a believer, do we choose to rest in Christ as we walk? And, you know, if I could sum up this year, like if you were to ask me, actually, Jason just asked me, hey, like, what are, what are some of the things you were, um, what are, what are your summer, some of your takeaways from this last year? And I gave him a few answers, but as I thought about that more, really, my biggest takeaway is resting in Christ. You know, whether it be questions that I have that I don't know the answers to, whether it be anxieties about the future or even just the present, maybe speaking, <laughs> whether it be worry or, you know, just fear of man and, and wanting other people's acceptance, man, I have a choice to rest in what's already true about me. I have a choice to, to rest in Christ. And man, that's just been a truth and an, man, just an, such an important truth that has just, um, yeah, been a huge part of my last year. So, first, first thing, what do we have in Christ? So, if you would, open your Bibles to Ephesians 1. And, yeah, I just want to reflect on some of the things that are true about us because we're in Christ. And this is exciting. Like, this is amazing. And so, we'll be in Ephesians. And just a brief background, Ephesians is one of Paul's um, prison epistles. And so, he wrote this most likely in Rome. Some people think he was in Caesarea, but was most likely in a Roman prison. And, yeah, he's talking to the church of Ephesus. And so he's writing this to believers. And that's very important. What I'll be sharing from verses 3 through 14 is for believers. And so as we read these 12 verses, there's actually 10 times it's repeated in Christ, in the beloved, um, in him. And so this is what's true about every believer. So Paul says in verse 3, under the inspiration of the Spirit, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, 
according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So what do we have in Christ? From Ephesians 1, recognizing how many times it says in Christ, in Christ, in the beloved, there are so many things we have in Christ. And it really is remarkable. It's awesome to look at. So as believers, we are blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. So verse 3. We don't need to ask God for every spiritual enrichment needed for the spiritual life. Rather, we're to appropriate them by faith because we've already received it in Christ. Imagine like a circle. You know, I could have had a picture up there. But like a big circle, like a bubble that has in Christ. By grace through faith and Christ alone, you're placed in that bubble. And so everything that's true about Christ is true about you. And so, verse 3, we're blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. We're adopted sons. And I know a lot of this is simple truth, but man, this is what we are to rest on. We're adopted sons and daughters of the God of the universe. And so that means <laughs> we're in his family. Because we're in Christ, because we're in the beloved, God the Father is now our Father. We're redeemed through his blood. Man, all of us were born in sin. We were born with shackles of sin, like on our wrists. And Christ redeemed us. Those shackles are gone through faith in what Christ has done. And, and imagine you're in, in the ocean and you're drowning. And, and somebody reaches, reaches down and grabs your hand to pull you back up. First, there's, admitting, there's an admitting that you're drowning. And secondly, there's a hand that grabs you back up. Guys, through repentance and trust in what Christ has done, we're no longer drowning. As believers, we are, we're in the boat with Christ. We're in that bubble. We're redeemed. Verse 7 again, we're forgiven. We have a clean slate. Our sins from past, present, and future, because of what Christ has done on the cross, and because he rose from the grave, we have a clean slate. These are truths to rest on. Verse 11, we've obtained an inheritance. You know, there's a lot of other portions of Scripture that talk about how we will be reigning with Christ. And so we, so we went from enemies of God to reigning with Christ on the new heavens and the new earth. And it's all centering on the in Christ uh, part. And this, again, we were just talking about this this morning, Pastor Ross. We've been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit upon faith. Like God has made his home in our hearts. He's dwelling in us. And I just think it's amazing just reflecting on the fact that there's not one moment where we're ever alone. You know, it can be easy to fall into that temptation of feeling like we're alone and kind of this woe is me aspect. But we're never alone. And for me, just meditating on these truths this last, just this last week, just thinking about even tribal missions. You know, I've heard a lot of stories from tribal missionaries who have been in just difficult situations. 
and you know where there is a lot of loneliness and and I don't want to just talk about tribal missions this is for any of us whether it's being alone just here in Lapeer or at your job job site or this is just a difficult time of life um, what gets you through it's resting on the promises of God resting in Christ and focusing on what's true about you because you're in Christ so the second so that's that's who we are. And there's so, many, there's so many other amazing truths we can talk about. But this is what Paul is encouraging the church of Ephesus with. But the second question is, do you rest in Christ as you walk? Does your condition reflect your position? And so I want to read just two passages from actually the Gospel Primer, which Pastor Ross um, was just talking about. And uh, yeah, so... It's titled, Resting in Christ's Righteousness. So I'm just going to read this, and yeah, if you can, just really try to to pay attention to, to these words. So it says, The gospel encourages me to rest in my righteous standing with God, a standing which Christ himself has accomplished and always maintains for me. I never have to do a moment's labor to gain or maintain my justified status before God. Freed from the burden of such a task, I now can put my energies into, into enjoying God, pursuing holiness, and ministering God's amazing grace to others. The gospel also reminds me that my righteous standing with God always holds firm regardless of my performance because my standing is based solely on the work of Jesus and not mine. On my worst days of sin and failure, the gospel encourages me with God's unrelenting grace toward me. On my best days of victory and usefulness, the gospel keeps me relating to God solely on the basis of Jesus' righteousness and not mine. And so, man, just for the Christian life, there is times where I have failed over and over again. I've sinned over and over again. I've had mixed motives and so many sinful things in my life. And yet, when, Christ, when God looks at me, he sees Christ. And, you know, there can be times of of just great anxiety in my life, great um, just embarrassment or, yeah, fear of man, thinking about others besides, besides the Lord, and really just resting on what's true about Christ um, and true about me, therefore, is, is where our hearts should be. And, uh, yeah, having our condition reflect our position. So I want to share another passage from the Gospel Primer. It's titled, All Things Crucified. And this kind of gets more to the application of, as, as a Christian, dying to self. So it says, The gospel is not simply the story of Christ and him crucified. It is also the story of my own crucifixion. For the Bible tells me that I too was crucified on Christ's cross. My old self was slain there. And my love affair with the world was crucified there too. The cross is also the place where I crucify my flesh and all its sinful desires. Truly, Christ's death and my death are so intertwined as to be inseparable. And moving from position to condition, when my flesh yearns for some prohibiting thing, I must die. When called to do something I don't want to do, I must die. When I wish to be selfish and serve no one, I must die. When shattered by hardships that I despise, I must die. When wanting to cling to wrongs done against me, I must die. When enticed by allurements of the world, I must die. When wishing to keep besetting sin secret, I must die. 
When wants that are borderline needs are left unmet, I must die. When dreams that are good seem shoved aside, I must die. Not my will, but your, yours be done, Christ trustingly prayed on the eve of his crucifixion. And preaching his story to myself each day puts me in a frame of mind to trust God and embrace the cross of my own dying also. So man, let's let our condition reflect our position. And not, not letting our condition um, be so perfect to obtain acceptance. No, it's because we're accepted in the beloved that we live in accordance with who we are. And really, it's, it's God working through us. It's God who's made us a new creation. And uh, so that's, yeah, I just thought I'd share that. And so again, just these amazing truths that are true about us because we're in Christ. When you are focusing on your own understanding and you seem, maybe, maybe there's doubts in your life and you have these questions that, that you just don't know the answer to. Maybe what you need to do is, is trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and really rest in what's true about you because of what Christ has done. Maybe, again, you're feeling super anxious or you're super fearful of, of man's opinion on you. And you need to focus on how you are accepted by God alone or by God because of Christ alone. And maybe, yeah, you're just full of worry. And just like First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on Christ because he cares for you. And so recognizing his care for you and meditating on that. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, Jesus, this is Jesus' words. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So not just for salvation do we, do we come to a point of accepting Christ as our Savior alone, apart from works, but for the whole Christian life, taking God's yoke upon us. You know, my grandpa actually encouraged me with that earlier this year. This word is talking about, yeah, just God's yoke and just how a life lived um, with setting our burdens aside and letting him um, or getting in the yoke with him is, is a point of, sorry, <laughs> it is, it's a restful uh, posture. It's resting on, on his direction. It's, it's trusting him for the next steps. It's trusting him with questions that we don't know the answers to. It's, it's, it's given our life for him. And where could we be besides his yoke? So, another thing I learned this year from Pastor Ross and Pastor Kevin, just as we just read all these books and just talked, um, just some of the practicalities of this. This is, um, the term is ordinary means of grace. And basically that just means, man, it is God's grace and given us his word. It's his grace in, and given us full access to the Father, to himself through Christ. It's his grace and given us a family. And so some of the practicalities are spend time in God's word. Spend time in prayer, talking to him. Spend time with God's people. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, we do need counsel, but sometimes the greatest counsel is coming to church where we can do all three of those together. And, uh, you know, not forsaking the assembly and uh, really spending time with the Lord. Uh, what an awesome privilege it is to know him. And, and I don't know, just for me, this was more of a meditation 
just this last week and just thinking about going to ethnos training and just some of the anxieties that are just real for me right now. And uh, thinking about tribal missions and, and maybe for you it's it's going to work and having to deal with a coworker or or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, rest in Christ. Rest in what's true about you because it's true about Christ. And uh, I think, man, just if I can get a hold of that in my Christian life as I trust the Lord more, man, just the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, it's promised that it'll guard my heart and uh, it'll guard our hearts. So are you resting in Christ as you walk? That's the question. And, and I know a lot of that was just simple truth, um, but man, profound truth. Looking at who we are in Christ. And uh, here are just some of my prayer requests going into this next year. Um, yeah, just traveling mercies. It's about an 11-hour drive away. Um, wisdom and guidance, finding a church to plug into and serve at while I'm there. I don't know what church I'm going to go to, but, but I want to serve. I want to serve and, and uh, just find a good church. And then, uh, yeah, just discerning my God, uh, God's leading just as I continue on. I desire to go to Papua New Guinea. Um, but yeah, I just want to trust the Lord to, to close that door. And uh, yeah, that I just be diligent in my studies, really apply myself. Um, because worldview, learning language, creation of Christ teaching, I will need to, need to really dive into that for a tribal church planning. And uh, so yeah, those are my prayer requests. Again, thank you for, for uh, hanging with me here. Um, but man, what an awesome God we serve, seriously. Uh, what a privilege it is to serve him. And just this last year being here, I have loved local church ministry. Like, really. And just being a part of worshiping God with you. Um, what a privilege we have to worship God in this country. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I have to share. Um, how about I pray and that he can come up. God, thank you for today. And just thank you for just this opera, awesome opportunity we have to just reflect on your glorious truths and and God, we confess to you that we are sinners. We are, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. But Lord, you shined through through your Son, saving us from the bonds of sin, from the bonds of, of the wrath to come. And uh, God, we know that you are the one who works. You are the one who convicts hearts. You are the one who's reconciling the world. And we are simply the ones to be willing and faithful um, with, the, with the time we have on this earth. And so we thank you for your son, and it's in his name we pray.